Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenzie Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. And today, we're talking about setting personal boundaries. Last week, we talked about how to set boundaries, making sure that they're clear, communicated, enforced, and a good fit. And today, we're taking a closer look at what boundaries need to be set or put in place to begin with. To start, I'd like you to use your imagination to envision your home with some sort of fence around it. And within that area, I want you to imagine it containing everything you most want and desire in terms of your quality of life and relationships. What do you see when you think about what you want out of your day, out of the next few years, out of your home, in order to be freed up to live your life in more meaningful ways? Now, of course, our imaginations can achieve perfection, whereas we as humans cannot. So I'm not suggesting this exercise to create unrealistic expectations or to encourage you to pursue worldly things over heavenly things, as Colossians 3.2 says. But I do think it's important sometimes to step outside of the rat race or out of our current lived experiences to think about what life would look like if we approached it more intentionally. And that's why we're starting here, because in order to discern what personal boundaries need to be set, we first have to pause long enough to ask, what's important to me in the first place? When I think about my life, what's of value? What kind of life is available to me in Christ? And if I were to fix my eyes on those things, rather than on what everyone else wants or expects of me, what things would I prioritize over and above the little tasks and distractions that keep me running and spinning and reacting to my life, rather than living it with intentionality or in step with the Holy Spirit? Because boundaries are about more than just safeguarding ourselves if and when our boundaries are crossed. I mean, those boundaries are certainly important. They help us feel safe and secure and give us a sense of control and self-efficacy. But setting boundaries is also about creating space and margin, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and relationally, to actually enjoy the one life that God has given us. But in order to create that margin, that breathing room to live our lives in the way that we just envisioned, we first have to understand what we truly value, and from that place, set boundaries accordingly. The next two episodes may look different than what you might expect following last week's episode, and what I mean by that is, when we get to couple boundaries, we'll follow the model I gave you last week, because those boundaries definitely involve communicating them to others. But I wanted to build up to that by first talking about personal boundaries, because if we can't trust ourselves with our own personal constraints and limitations that lead to greater freedom in our lives, then it will be especially hard to trust ourselves and our decisions when it comes to setting boundaries with others. But here's the thing. I know you have it in you to make small changes for your good, to make the choices that you desire, and to see them through so that you develop a stronger, healthier relationship to yourself. And to help you think through your personal boundaries, I want to offer you four categories of our personal lives to reflect on over the next two episodes our time, attention, energy, and self-worth. So for each of these categories, I'll give you a different way to think about it, a personal example, and a series of questions to apply to your own life to help you set some boundaries as needed. The first is time. Have you ever noticed that when we talk about time, we talk about it in terms of spending it? 
We ask each other, have you gotten to spend any time with your family recently? When was the last time we spent time together? And since we intuitively understand how to talk about time in this way, I'd like to extend the metaphor to budgeting time. So with any budget, you start with a specific amount allotted for a set period of time. With finances, couples who make budgets usually set them monthly. And within that budget, you decide each month how much to save, spend, and give. Well, time operates the same way, except that we get the exact same amount of time. Everyone has 24 hours in a day, less daylight savings, and seven days in a week. And ultimately, each of us has to decide how much time to save, spend, and give. So how much do you save for yourself? How much do you spend? And on what? Whether it be at work, at the gym, watching TV, scrolling social media. And how much time do you give to your spouse, your family, friends, your neighbors, your church family, strangers, and so forth? Because with time as money, as Dave Ramsey says, we have to tell it where to go. Because when we don't, Our time and dollars seem to end up spending themselves, often taking us and the quality of our lives and relationships as collateral damage. And so as you think about how and where you spend your time versus how you want to spend your time, you'll begin to see some areas in which you need to set a personal boundary. Let me give you an example. As a self-employed person who creates her own schedule, my day-to-day and week look different than the typical 9-to-5. And when I graduated from seminary, even though I had multiple irons in the fire with running a gymnastics business, seeing clients for licensure, and spending a short-lived time as an MLMer, I didn't yet know how to budget my time. So my gymnastics classes, client appointments, and meetings happened in the evenings, but my morning and daytime hours were left to my own discretion. And I had certain goals that I wanted to accomplish, but without a clear plan for how I'd spend those daytime hours, I would come to the end of the week without having accomplished much else except for catching up with friends and family who were also at home in the middle of the day. And while I value those relationships, it just didn't feel great to me or my sense of self to use my daytime hours like that. And so even though I had effectively taught friends and family that my daytime hours were up for grabs, I ended up having to set some boundaries or set different times for phone calls so that I would feel good about getting writing projects or business stuff done during the week while still connecting with those I love just during different hours that didn't negatively impact my efforts to be more productive. Okay, so that was a boundary I discovered needed to be set for myself. And just so you know... Having worked for myself over the past eight years, my schedule and boundaries have changed. I've experimented with working different hours and different days until finding something that works for me in each season, as life and circumstances around me change as well. But the longer I've been self-employed, the easier it's become. You know, the better I've gotten to know myself and my rhythms and my family's rhythms. So if you feel the need to budget your time differently in some way, then give yourself some grace and patience as you set new boundaries to see if they work well with your life, making sure that they're a good fit in your season, as we talked about last week. And if not, giving yourself permission to change those boundaries as it works for you and those around you. So, how do you desire to spend your time? What pockets of time do you have that you're unhappy with or have mixed feelings about? 
where setting a different boundary may free you up from negative emotions and allow you to connect in more genuinely enjoyable ways. And what's one small boundary that you could create and communicate in one area of your life in order to spend your time how you want to in another area? The second category of personal boundaries to reflect on is attention. When Evan was working on his master's, he read a book by William James that I've only read within the last year. But I'd like to read you a few quotes from his book, The Principles of Psychology, so that you can give more thought to the state of your own attention. James writes, Attention is the taking possession by the mind in clear and vivid form of one out of what seems several simultaneously possible objects or trains of thought. It implies withdrawal from some things in order to deal effectively with others, and is a condition which has a real opposite in the confused, dazed, scatterbrained state, which is called distraction. He goes on to say that my experience is what I agree to attend to. Without selective interest, experience is an utter chaos. Has anyone else besides me experienced this? This confused, distracted state? You may be wondering why I'm bringing this up in an episode on personal boundaries, but it's because more and more, I'm seeing the negative effects of multitasking and task switching on couples and families in therapy. So many couples cite feeling like they're alone or distracted or disengaged even while sitting in the same room. And I've experienced this as well. So I'm curious, as you think about the state of your own attention, where you pay it, and what the cost or reward of that is, where might you need to set a personal boundary? William James talked about the inefficiency of attempting to give your attention to more than one thing at a time, which since the 1990s has been backed up by research studies on our executive functioning when it comes to attention. Oh, and I should mention that James' book was written in 1890. But research studies have shown that the cost of trying to task switch, which is defined as unconsciously shifting attention between one task and another, is an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds that it takes to refocus our attention on our preferred task at hand. Now, I can't remember how much I've shared on the podcast about my social media journey, but one of the many reasons I decided to give it up is that back in 2018, I began to wake up from my social media stupor <laughs> to realize that there were times I would be engrossed in my phone and not spending quality time with Evan or giving him any sort of meaningful attention. Or when I would be so mindlessly engaged on Instagram, which sounds like an oxymoron, but if you have social media, I'm sure you can relate that there were a few times I wouldn't even register him asking me a question, which is embarrassing to tell you, but true. And this became unacceptable to me. So here's how I set this boundary with myself, and I want to share this because it came in stages. Stage one of my boundary setting was deleting social media apps. I tried on the weekends, during the week, and communicated this with Evan for accountability. Well, when that didn't last... Stage two was leaving my phone in another room at night and in the morning. My boundary was to have certain times of day that social media was off limits, and that lasted a couple of weeks. Stage three was giving it up for Lent, and for me, that was the boundary that finally stuck. I had to give it up entirely for six weeks in order to break that addiction and to not return to it to ease my anxiety 
but instead to find other ways to focus my attention and attend to my emotions. And so six weeks turned into six months, and eventually, because of the benefits to my time, attention, productivity, profits, self-talk, and relationships were so great, I deleted my social media accounts altogether. To be clear, this is my personal conviction in what's worked for me, but I share it to illustrate how long and arduous and multi-staged boundary setting can be. You know, for me, it took a couple of years to finally give it up. But how freeing and life-giving the reward can be when you don't give up and when you stick with it. So let me ask you, how are you spending your attention? Who in your life deserves your attention but currently feels unworthy of it? What do you desire to pay better and more attention to? And what's one small personal boundary that you could create for yourself to help you give attention to the things and people you desire to? I'm thinking that that's enough to think through for today, so I'll be back next week to talk with you through part two on setting personal boundaries when it comes to our energy and self-worth. Your action step for today is to think through these questions that pertain to your time and attention. You can find those again this week in the show notes of this episode. And my prayer is just that God would grant us humility, grace, and patience with ourselves as we seek to live in alignment with the lives he came to give us, and with the peace available to us through him as we set our minds on heavenly things and not on earthly ones. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not a Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile as it is